Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. You sound good. Like, honestly, even with your outs and abouts and no. <laughs> Come on, you're going to rip at me later. You'll say, that guy just sounded so weird today in church. <laughs> Man, it's, it's such a wonderful honor to be here with you in a stand uh, here on this stage and and uh, man, I love your pastors so so much. Like, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're ministering together and and joined together through our movement. But uh, they're they're such beautiful friends and are a treasure to us, to Eric and I. And you know it because you're around with them all the time. But the the things that they've imparted into our lives uh, is really significant. And I just want to say thank you for everything you've sowed into our life. And yeah. Honestly, so blessed, so blessed, man. I am still, uh, I'm still carrying the pork ribs that they made last night under my ribs, and uh, I'm praying my miracle that I was believing for is that they would process, and because um, uh, my goodness, they were good, and they just want to stay in my stomach right now. Um, <laughs> man, the hospitality as well is incredible. Oh, oh man, so so good. Hey, um, who enjoyed some of that worship? Was it all right? Yeah? Well, some, some of them uh, songs, uh, what was it, the second one and the fourth one, are from our latest live album, our first time that we've actually done a live album. It's our fifth album, is that right? Church album? Fourth. Fifth. Fifth. Fourth. I don't know. We've done a few. Uh, last, last year, we did an instrumental album. I asked for uh, our guys to do an album without words, you know, because that's like a thing. But I really, worship flows in, in and out of, through us, right? Every one of us. And so I really felt that there's something that you've got to say to, to God. And so we did an album without words, and, and that was awesome. But this year's our first live album. So, uh, yeah, we sang a couple of those songs, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you, if, has anyone heard our instrumental album? I'm about to give some gifts out right now, so some motivation for you. Uh, we've got one over here. God bless you. There you go. Have a, have a CD. Yeah. Enjoy, buddy. And uh, who else? Did I see another hand? Instrumental album? No? That's, that's one to look up for after the service. There you go. Oh, Pastor God. Yeah, well, you, you, sh- you, you guys should definitely have one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, who's ready to get into the Word today? Yeah? Uh, for those who don't know us, there are a number of us... Uh, Eric and I have been married uh, for almost 18 years, this coming February. So we literally were teenagers when we got married, 19. Erica turned 19 a month prior, and so uh, we've been together since we were 14 for a very, very long time and loved every moment of it and still love each other very much. And so that's good. And we've got uh, two children, Jensen and Judah, who uh, you'll see around. They'll definitely make themselves known. So if you're looking around and hearing some uh, loud Australian voices, that's my children. And um, please say hello to them. But they're incredible. They're with us. And they, they would not not come to Canada. They were just like, we don't care if we don't eat this year, Mum and Dad. We want to come to Canada. And so they, they, they wouldn't miss it. We've, of, of course, also got Chris and Jackson here with us. Jackson here for the first time. Chris, third trip. 
So good. Jackson's our engineer and pro, uh, producer who's done our last few albums. And Chris also, producer, muso, muso songwriter extraordinaire. And I also want to welcome my family from Edmonton. Kyle, Katie and Lauren <laughs> come down from Edmonton. Love you guys. And it's great to have you with us. All right, are we ready for the word? A little bit. I want to talk to you a little bit about grace today. You've been in this series uh, talking about discipleship, right? About being a disciple. And who knows that you can't kind of be a disciple without the grace of God. Are we aware of that? Yeah, and so I want to speak to, about, speak to you about grace. But firstly, is it all right if I get a bit teachy? I know you guys are used to the best teaching in the world here in Calgary. Uh, so uh, I kind of want to just keep on going with that. Is all right? So there's a few things that when we talk about grace, there's some other Christian terms and things that we talk about. Uh, that would be mercy, justification, sanctification, anointing, gifts, talents, the Holy Spirit, yeah, we kind of use those terms, but we kind of sometimes kind of bundle them all together, you know? We, we replace grace with anointing, oh, that's the anointing, or that's the grace, or that's the mercy of God, and we kind of put them all together, as we should. They're all good things that flow in and through our life. They're weapons that we each utilize to be able to be effective disciples, amen? And, and, but each of them have their own special identity, purpose, and power, True. And so I kind of want to break them down and then we're going to, we're going to get into grace. Is that all right? So firstly, mercy. The, the simple definition for mercy is withheld punishment for which we are deserved. Yeah? Have you heard that before? That's what mercy is. So although humanity has chosen in a lot of ways to reject God, He withholds His just punishment towards us and offers us mercy. Right? essentially forgiveness. Uh, 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Isn't that fantastic? So very simply, we don't deserve salvation, right? We are offered it because God is merciful. Yes? Romans 3, 23, 24 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. There's another one, justification. Who's kind of used that in their sort of discussions this week? So, so stoked about justification. It's amazing, yeah? <laughs> Maybe, hopefully you have. But we have been justified, yeah? Um, and this scripture speaks to that. We have been justified by His grace as a gift. For me, if I'm to break it down, justification would be the way in which Jesus sees us. Yeah? The way in which He sees us. Uh, justification in the original Greek is explained as that we are cleared of all charges. That's what justification is. And I, I don't know if anyone uh, else heard this in Bible college, but our lecturer used to say that justification is God's view of us in that it's He sees us just as if we'd never sinned. Yeah? So God's view of us, through us receiving God's mercy, yeah, receiving salvation, His view of us now is He looks at us as if we're white as snow. And who loves the snow? Oh, we definitely do. <laughs> but that's how he sees us. Have we got that? Yep. So that means that there's, there's no smell or condemnation from the old life. Once we receive God's mercy, we receive that justification, yeah? Sanctification. Oh, man, who loves sanctification? 
That's another word we use in the work of grace. Justification is a view of God that God has of us, but then who knows that sometimes you've got to wash off some of the old to step into the new, yeah? And that's a process, and that process is sanctification, that washing off of the old life, that's a process that we all must go through to become more like Christ. Have we got this? Just some simple Bible college here for us, yeah? So sanctification is a process in which all, every disciple must go through that hagos to make holy. And here's another one, anointing. Who loves getting in the anointing? All right? Powerful. And we are, it, when, when we talk about someone having an anointing, we are acknowledging that it is God's ordained purpose on their life or on our lives, yeah? Anointing is attached, let me say this, is always attached to a kingdom purpose, yeah? That, it always is. It's always aligned with that, with, with everything else. So when we, you might have seen it uh, before where Pastor Lorne and Kelly have prayed and anointed a pastor to set them apart for the work of ministry, what they're doing in that moment is they're acknowledging in a lot of ways that there is a touch upon a person's life, an anointing for them to fulfill a particular kingdom purpose that is ordained by God. Are we getting this? You're with me, right? Working through it. So uh, uh, anointing or anointed is charisma. It's defined in the original Greek as guiding the receptive believer into the fullness of God's preferred will. Your anointing is the leading light. It's the illuminating of God's will on you. When you're getting the anointing, you get into this illuminated zone that lights a path towards God's preferred will. Have you got that? Has anyone seen it? When, when someone has a particular anointing on them, it's suddenly like they do. They become illuminated. It's visible. It's something that you can perceive and see God's working on them, yeah? In a lot of ways, when we talk about this in the natural world, just, you know, you'd say someone has a charisma, which is that original word. When someone has a charisma, there's a spark or flare about them. There's something special, edgy on their lives. And so that, that is that anointing. And anointing is purposeful. When, when Jesus stepped into the temple and he was handed the scroll of Isaiah and he read from it, he said this, that I have been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor, the poor and to proclaim freedom to the captives. So he was, he was acknowledging that there's an anointing upon my life to fulfill a godly purpose. Yeah? yeah? All important. So we need all of those things to be effective disciples. Yes? Anointing is attached to a purpose. I'm going to make that clear. Gifts and talents that we receive are also for us to fulfill God's kingdom purpose. Healing, faith, the gift of giving, generosity. They're all things that help us to fulfill God's purpose. And they work in conjunction with anointing, with the power of God. Okay, so we've got that, yeah? So, okay, now grace. Let's talk about grace. So, firstly, grace firstly works in partnership with anointing, gifts, talents, the work of the Holy Spirit, they all work together, right? Have we got this? So grace, the original word charis, is God's unmerited favor and His empowering presence. That's what grace is. Yeah, have you heard that before? So we've been shown God's unmerited favor, have we not? We've received that and then we walk in the power of grace and His empowering presence. Uh, Are we ready to get into Scripture? If you turn to Romans 5... One, I want to look at this because it speaks of this. Romans 5. All of these things that we've been talking about. Here, Paul 
encapsulates them and he says this in verse 1 he says therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God amen into the grace for me when I think about grace I think about a river yeah and I'm, I'm going to use an illustration a bit, but I think, I think of a river, a river that is flowing and moving in power, yeah? When we're, when we're in the flow, when we're in the grace of God, nothing can stop us, nothing can hinder us, nothing can stop us because it's a powerful presence, God's empowering presence that is enabling us to fulfill God's purpose. Have you been in that zone before? Anyone? Yeah, when you're in that space, man, you feel alive, you feel unstoppable, and that there's nothing better than that. Yeah, but God's God's grace is flowing, and and for me, it's like this. So if grace is a river, I'm not I'm not an illustrator, okay. But if grace is a river, and I saw some incredible rivers yesterday in the Rocky Mountains. So we've got just I would call the banks of the river a justification and mercy. They're the things that hold in the flow. Yeah, without those things. Things aren't contained, there's not a flow. And then we've got two currents, the unmerited favor of God and His empowering presence, that's the grace. And they're all flowing in the direction of God's will and purpose, yeah? They're, no, they're never flowing in a different direction. Sometimes we want to we say that grace is taking you somewhere where God isn't, and it's not. True? Grace flows... In the direction that God's will is, yeah? And so justification and mercy keep us there, and then the grace of God keeps us flowing, yes? The flow is in, in unison again with the anointing and with the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And I, I want to say this everyone has their own river. Have you ever coveted someone else's grace? <laughs> or wanted to be in someone else's flow? Guess what? That won't work for you. Because the grace that God has given to you is for you there's a river and it's yours it's got your name on it and God's presence wants to take you and lead you on to his good good perfect will but you wanting to get into someone else's flow won't work for you have you ever noticed that sometimes the grace of God that allows other people to live a certain life you know I'd like to be in that if you tried to get in there it just wouldn't work for you and I'm saying that really clearly because we all do it. Man, if I could just get into what they're into, if I could have their life, if I could be in that kind of flow, then things would work. That won't work. You've got your own river. God's grace is unto you. Amen? Have you got that? So don't covet someone else's thing. Can we, can we close our eyes? I want, us, I want you to get a, a visual, your own kind of vision of the grace of God for your life. Can you receive this? So grace gives you access to an unlimited, infinite life. Firstly, hear this, you cannot be destroyed. You cannot cease to exist. Nothing and no one can stop you or destroy you. You have access to a supernatural talents and gifts that enable you to see into the future and perceive things that you cannot see with your natural eyes. Knowing and discerning what is happening in your life and in the lives of others. Wisdom to unlock riddles and questions that are unbreakable, healing powers and the perception of alternate realities. You can believe and see what is yet to be seen and what is not possible with the natural limitations of life. 
Through grace, you have the power over an unseen world of evil and can command and restrict their plans and strategies. You can interpret in unknown languages and can speak a heavenly dialect that shifts and moves and strengthens yourself and others. You can speak and request things on behalf of others, giving them hope and deliverance from challenges and from circumstances. An ability to always believe above and beyond whatever challenges you face, to never give up, to never be outmatched or outplayed. You have access to a complete freedom, meaning that fear, anger, rejection, temptation, depression, discouragement, and any other emotion cannot hold you down. No guilt, no shame, no past experience can hold you ransom. You have a line of credit that means that, that no need is too great. Grace never runs out. You have access to an infinite power and nothing and no one can stop you in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? You've got your own flow, people. Two Corinthians, yeah, right? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. That's the grace of God. Grace is an unstoppable flow. No rising tide in your life is beyond the power of grace. Amen. We, we got... I got a first-hand experience of this five years ago when Jensen, our eldest, was out with, a, with a, our youth pastor having a milkshake and they were hanging out as they normally do. And unfortunately, after that, Jensen ran out into the road and was hit by a car. Every parent's worst nightmare, yeah? He was taken from there to an ambulance and spent uh, a, what was two days in a, in a coma recovering in the ICU with a fractured skull and a broken femur. A nightmare, Right? some of the most difficult memories I'll ever have, I'm sure. And it was in that season, I went down to the beach at one point when I could get away from the hospital and I just said, God, this, is, this feels like this is the end of me. Like, I can't get through this moment. And he just reminded me of that scripture, my grace is sufficient right now in this weakness. There's still movement, there's still flow. It's not stopping, Ryan. You're going to move on and through. This won't keep you bound. This won't stop you or your son. You're going to move on. Amen. That's the grace of God that leads us on and leads us through. His grace is infinite. It's unstoppable. It doesn't, it doesn't cease. Amen. But here's the thing. Grace doesn't stop suffering. Challenges or trials. But here's, here's the truth. It gives us the ability to move through them. True? To move through them. It goes on in Romans 5, in verse 3, it says, Not only that, we can rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not lead us to, to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Amen? For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He gave us life. He made a way. That's justification. That's mercy. Amen. There's always movement. So here's the question. Why does it sometimes feel like you're not in the grace of God? 
Have you been there? Have you felt that? Here's the simple thing. We step out of grace. We step out of flow. We do, don't we? Grace is always flowing in the direction of God's will and purpose. And whenever we deviate from where God's going, guess what? We step out of the flow. The momentum stops in our life. We're not going from here to there. We're going sideways. We're going backwards. We're not flowing towards God's best. Amen. We're outside the will of God. In Galatians 5, Paul writes to the church at Galatia, and in, in chapter 5 we know is this, the passage on freedom, right? And he's speaking to them and he's, he's challenging them to get in this flow. And he says this in verse 4, he says, you've fallen away from grace. You've stepped out, right? For you've lost, if you're reading the Amplified, for you have lost your grasp on the unmerited favor and blessing. It's still there, it's just you've let go of it. You've stepped out. Have you got this? And we step out sometimes. We let go of grace. Amen. Now, the, the Galatians, they were stuck in religious living. They kind of were holding on to the, the, the law and the, the mechanisms and the commandment. They want to hold on that. And Paul's going, step into freedom. That's where the grace... You've actually got to let go of some of the old so you can keep on moving. You've got to let go of it. And get into grace. Amen. Whenever we fall into religious habits, habits when we pursue our own will or when we give our lives to sin, we step out of the flow. Amen? And you'll notice it in this in your life. When you step out of grace, suddenly suffering and hardships that you're in start to get you questioning everything that you've ever thought about God and His purpose. True? Where am I going? What am I doing? Did God ever... We doubt, we wonder, true? And the symptoms, here's the symptoms that you feel in these moments. We, we've all felt them, right? Things like hopelessness, depression, shame, guilt, kind of dirtiness gets on our life. A foggy mind, lack of clarity, a basic feeling of being lost. That's when you're out. True? See, the freedom, grace isn't the freedom to, to do what we want. It's God's empowering presence to stay in the flow. That's what it is, to fulfill his purpose. I've got to say, the last 10 months have probably, no, definitely, <laughs> been the toughest months in ministry that we've ever had. I've never received so many jabs and punches and distractions and, and opportunities to doubt and wonder and to just kind of step out. But staying in the flow means that I've kept on moving through. I've passed some of the things that were screaming at me on the shoreline that have tried to take my attention, that have tried to deviate me off God's plan. I've moved past them because I've stayed in the flow. Amen? And God's grace will lead you through if you stay in. There's a world of difference, right, between, from things being hard and things being hopeless. And the grace of God will lead you through the hard times. The stepping out of God's grace will leave you feeling hopeless. Romans 6 says this, what shall we say then? He goes on, are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, and we, have, and we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order, just as Christ is raised from the dead of the glory of the Father, that we too might walk in, here it is, the newness of life. Stay submersed in the grace of God. When we surrender and we allow ourselves to stay in the flow, we keep moving on. Grace is always flowing into the new. The Spirit of God's always doing a new thing. He did a new thing yesterday. He did a new thing and is doing a new thing today. And He'll do a new thing tomorrow. Amen? He's always doing a new thing. He's not copying. He's not cloning. He's not doing an old thing. He's doing a new thing. And the grace of God will lead you on into new things if you stay in it. You try to live your own way, do your own things, you find yourself outside of it. Amen? Walking in the grace of God. A life there, the newness of life, is explained a life that intensifies in a complete, unending, infinite circle. It keeps on moving. God wants to do something new in your life. And whatever challenge or trial you're in, you can move on and through it if you just stay surrendered, baptized, submersed in the flow with God's goodness. Amen. Think of those incredible rivers that we see rocking, flowing through those rockies. God's desire, desire is that your feet would be up and that you'd be moving on and through and seeing all the wonders of His grace around your life. That's the picture of the future He has for you. Amen. So today, the challenge is, and here, here's the thing, when it talks about sin, sin, just think of it this way. Don't think, gosh, of all the things that I'd like to do that I can't do because I'm a Christian. It's not, it's all, it's all the things that would cause you to feel weighted, heavy, burdened. God doesn't want you to have any of that. No weight of guilt or shame upon your life. No heaviness of rejection, of fear, of anger. Things that would hold you bound. He wants you in the flow. Amen. <laughs> the beautiful thing about God's grace is you can just get back on even if you're out. It's only one step. It's a step of surrender. Amen. So simple. Can we close our eyes just across this place? Jesus has made a way for every human being to receive life and to flow in it and for it to never end. And I just want to ask the question here today. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, his forgiveness, would you today? I'm going to ask you in just a moment if you don't know him, if you have Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.